The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern Carolina's longest-running sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Bostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Taft, Taft, and Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. And now, here's Brian Bailey. All right. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into your sports week. And this is going to be a good sports week because at the end of this week on Saturday, we've got the spring football game coming up. And that's a big day in East Carolina. The great pirate purple gold pigskin pig out party is on. The weather's expected to be great. It's also national championship Monday tonight. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Our guest today is Tim Douse. He is the special teams coordinator at East Carolina. Also coaches defensive ends and outside linebackers. He's standing by live to talk with us from his office over on campus at East Carolina, so we'll take our first break and come back with Coach Doust after this. The Angus Grill is your premier spot for the best burgers. You want to hit me now? You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back on this championship Monday for the NCAA basketball tournament. North Carolina and Kansas have to do battle at 9.20 tonight. And once again, that game is on TBS and not the traditional CBS. TBS for tonight's basketball game. We'll get a pick from Tim Douse coming up in just a bit. He is the special teams coordinator, defensive ends, and outside linebackers coach. And he joins us from his office over on campus at East Carolina. Coach Douse, how's your spring been? Hey, it's been good, Brian. Thanks for having me on. When you look at, at this Pirate football team and, and the improvement from year to year, can you measure it this spring? Well, you know, this is my second spring here, but every once in a while we have we have taken a peek back at the film to see how we've grown a little bit uh, over Coach Houston's time here and, and the difference in speed uh, on the perimeter. And really the big thing we talk about here in our building is the difference is at the line of scrimmage. You, you got a little bit more depth and you got some bigger bodies that are able to be more physical on both sides of the football. So just continue to grow and grow. And, and I can tell you in the year that I've been here, I, I'm pleased and you can see the, the, the difference on both sides of the ball uh, from where we were this time last year. You know, we've talked before about the importance of special teams and, and, you know, East Carolina has always had an added emphasis, you know, at practice on special teams. What do you guys do in the spring uh, that maybe that's a little bit different than in, in, in the fall or is it basically the same thing? Well, it's a uh, similar than what we do in the fall. We just slow it down a little bit more. We try to get a couple in a week, you know, or excuse me, a couple in a day during the fall fall practice week. But now we can break it down and you know put an emphasis more on one particular unit in a practice, and then shine it up as we get closer to the scrimmages. As you know, this past Saturday we did, you know, punt and punt return against each other, and kickoff and kickoff return against each other. The units are in right now. Slow it down. Teach them the fundamentals. Now we'll go into this last week, uh, and each unit will get a day, uh, an emphasis on, on the practice field uh, in, in preparation for the wrap-up spring, where we feel like we got some good tape to teach off, and then into fall camp, uh, teach off some good, some bad. You know, evaluate the players. 
who who are we putting in the right spot as you go through it, you know, as fast as you can get the right guys in the right spot on those special teams units, um, you really see a lot of growth. I thought we kind of we did that as we got in the later half of the year, especially on the kickoff return unit, got some some guys back there in the right positions, and I think we saw some growth, and I think that'll help us, you know, going into the spring and fall. And, and will that change as you get closer, you know, to the fall with you know with any graduate transfers? Did you guys obtain anything that uh, you know with true freshmen that haven't gotten on campus yet? I mean, I mean, is it kind of a, a situation that's in flux? Well, there's certainly you know. You evaluate a kid in his recruiting process on any side of the football. You're talking about, okay, well, if he can play wide out, he's a big wide out. Well, shoot, we can plug him in on all four core on the special teams. And, and, and that just adds to his value, you know, the more that you can do in any workplace. Uh, and certainly it doesn't change around here. So certainly, yeah, we're going to add a couple more pieces. Anyone that's coming in, especially if you're talking about a grad transfer or, you know, Juco kids and things of that nature, they, they play football. They've been in the fight. They've been in the weight room a little bit longer. So they're ready to help you a little bit faster than a high school kid. So we hope to get a few more skilled kids on the perimeter uh, on both sides of the football, and, and I'll be happy to plug them into spots on special teams. We, we've talked about this, too, the, the fact that some teams go with you know second and third teamers on special teams to try to give them a shot to get on the field. Other teams like to use their, their first stringers. Uh, a lot of teams, I think East Carolina is one of those that kind of uses a mix uh, because you don't want to get somebody hurt, but sometimes you know, you need that body in there. You know, when you guys sit down and talk, uh, you know, do you sit down, Donnie's on one side, you know, Blake's on the other, Coach Houston obviously is in the big chair and kind of hash it all out? Well, yeah, everyone has a say in it, but the big chair makes the decision, yeah. you know, and, and, and he certainly takes his input from, uh, input from us. Uh, but this, this football program and this coaching staff, we want to win. So if it means putting – Giving Keaton Mitchell a chance to return kicks, you know, uh, we're going to give a chance to do that. And Malik Fleming has a punt returner or, you know, put Rajay on punt. Whatever we got to do. Well, what I read to Jeremy Lewis, you know, when last year Bruce Bivens was a great player on special teams. We're going to put the guys out there that we need to go out there to win the football game. And as we build more depth, then that, that could potentially be a, a two or a three on your depth chart as he grows into his role. And certainly those kids know that. Uh, but we're going to put the best players out there, um, in the situations we need. When you look at your special teams from a year ago and the guys that are no longer with the program through graduation and such, you know, what are some of the holes that you really wanted to fill? Well, yeah, the big one that, that, that jumps out at you right away is, is John Young. Well, you know, had a lot of punts here in his time at ECU and, and went out on a high note, you know, second team all conference and, we were over 40 yards in, in net punt, which uh, was, was very good in our league. So John will be a big one for us for us to to fill. And, and Luke Larson's having as good a spring uh, that we could imagine out of him. Then you know the big one that I think everyone will notice here in time is that we got to get a return man in the punt and uh, kickoff game. You know Snead is gone, and uh, man, I would have to look up how many how many returns has he had in his career. Yeah, uh, and it was a nice little you know safety net back there. That, hey, we got Snead. Yeah, we can develop some other guys, but we know we can put Snead out there in the game. He's going to make good decisions, uh, fielding all the footballs. And, you know, if you make a mistake covering, he had a chance to break one. Um, and we've done that. We've addressed that this spring. We're always looking for more depth, but I, um, I think we're in good, in good shape as we end up wrap up spring camp this week. Is Keaton Mitchell a possibility to return kicks? He, he is a possibility. I mean, you have Keaton Mitchell. You want to get him the ball. You ain't kidding. So, going against him on defense, you're like, oh, here he goes again. Here he goes again. Oh, man, don't give him a crease, right? So, again, 
it's a decision that we have to make as a program. What are the best things? Getting Keaton the football as best we can, but you know, make sure we do a good job blocking for him. If we do a good job in the kick return game blocking, I think we got a few guys we could put back there, but he is certainly uh, an option. Three years as an assistant coach, have you had anybody any faster than Keaton Mitchell? He is faster. I was fortunate. I was really, really young as a GA to see some good running backs, but um, you know, we had a kid named Garrett Wolf back at Northern Illinois and Michael Turner that played some years in the NFL, but I tell you what, flat, give him a crease. He is a special speed. I, I don't know. I don't know that I've witnessed one faster than him. Yeah, I think I think we all knew he was fast, but I think it was in Charlotte against Appalachian State when we first, you know, got a, a big glimpse, at least for the for the new season. And man, he he hit that slot and he was gone. Yeah, it, it's different. It's just you know, there's a lot of good running backs that you play. And then there's just a small handful of running backs. If you make a mistake, they're going to put it on the scoreboard. And we, we saw that in fall camp. We, we knew that, oh boy, he's different, you know, and you don't have to block everybody upright. You can just give him a little crease or he can outrun a couple, couple angles the defense thinks he has. So let's give Keaton the football. Let's keep him healthy and, and shoot. Let's give the offense the football as many times as we can. Talked about the punting situation a little bit. Can you compare the two in Larson and, and John Young? Oh yeah. I know Luke, Luke gets, uh, the uh, stereotype, oh, he's from Australia, so he's rugby. And all right. Luke can do it all. Luke has a lot of different tools in his toolbox, and, you know, he'll tell you he can traditionally stand in that pocket and punt the football, and he certainly can do that. But he has the uh, the experience in, in uh, playing Australian rules football. He'll tell you he's not a rugby. There's a difference. I haven't figured them out. <laughs> yeah, me either. Yeah, he can place the football a lot of spots. He's very good in the plus side of the 50. He can roll in every type of direction, and he's a pretty good athlete back there. You know, a couple years back, People will remember the fake that he uh, ran against SMU. That's really light, light a spark in that game. But um, they're very comparable in the pocket, and you're going to maybe just get a few little different different wrinkles from Luke every time he's back there, give him something extra to prepare for. And Luke has a drill. Well, he'll be on one sideline, and he'll try to hit the side of, of the upright on the goalpost. And it's really fascinating because he, he's pretty good at it. His placement, like we went out there this Saturday, said, all right, watch, Coach, I'm going to put it on the one. And he landed it, I think, on the two from about 52 yards out. And, and you know, we didn't cut down it in there. But he can pin the ball where he wants to, um, you know, kind of like a golfer in some degrees. And that's that's got to be difficult to coach. Do you guys have somebody that works with the punters and, and the kickers specifically? Well, he and I spend a lot of time together, and we watch a lot of film together. But, you know, we don't um, – employ here someone just to coach kickers uh, and punters uh but we can outsource things and, and these guys these days they um they a lot of times they find their own third third party independent uh person for kicking and snapping and punting and they do that um but luke and i you know we spend a lot of time and let's figure out exactly what tools do you have luke because he is a traditional punter in a lot of degrees but has some other special things he can do as well. And more than that, he's he's really a, a good guy, and just a you know he seems to be just really friendly to everybody, and you know uh, you know the way he speaks, the way his accent, and everything. He's really really interesting player. Yeah, it's different talking to a 29 year old Australian. Exactly. Yeah, he comes in. We have our times every Friday. He comes in. I say, are you still, what, what are you doing? Huh? Just checking on you, coach, and we'll sit and rap for a little while, and it's always entertaining. All right, the the other side of the the football as far as kicking goes, Owen Daffer had such a great great year last year. That's got to be comforting when you're sitting here preparing for a new football season and you know that that slot is right there. Yeah, you know, couldn't ask for more. Uh, you know, a freshman comes in here and first team all conference. Now he's got to make sure you know he got a chip on his shoulder going out there. And now we'll talk about as we go into 
his career and leg strength and now, hey, well, you know, where do we have to get to? Let's see if we can push that back another five yards so we can tell Donnie we have points on the board and send him out there. He may be even more if we need to, um, to, to do that. But, uh, Owen had a solid spring. Uh, he's consistent. You know, everybody will tell you in this building, he's a level-headed competitor. The moment's never too big for him. And he, you know, he proved that obviously on multiple occasions last year, but, um, he's steady. You know, you just like having, uh, Owen on your side. Take us back to the Navy game last year, Coach. Were you on the headsets and uh, in the, the discussion about you know do we kick it, do we not kick it? You know how did that go? Well, it was a tie ball game, and, and, and Coach had asked, and I just threw out the idea to Coach Wilkes. Got a better chance than a hail mary, and we we threw him out there. And in fifty four is nothing we had asked him to ever do in practice. Right, and I you know. He proved us right. How about that? I won't. I won't say that everybody was taking wagers and how it was going to go, but it was worth a shot. Son of a gun, prayer answered. So there you go. And talking to Holton, I remember afterwards, Holton Naylor's a quarterback, and he was like, "Yeah, we were on the sideline, and we said, let, let him kick it, let him kick it.'" And 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 when I saw him trot out there, I was like, I was trying to count. You know, my math's not real good, but I was kind of forty-four, okay, ten, ten, fifty-four. I said, "That's fifty-four yards." And, and the, the 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 other side to that, you know, when you're going to try that, the the worst case scenario, obviously, if you get it blocked, and and if it, it runs back the other way, so it can you know it can put egg all over your face. But uh, he trotted out there, and man, when he hit it, I knew it had. A shot. Did you think the same thing when he hit it? Well, he hit it. He had a shot. You know, man, I'm glad I didn't go through all those negative scenarios. You just, <laughs> uh, you know, that's that. Shank does a good job. The kids did a good job protecting it, and he hit it good on a rather cold day. Um, and, and he hit it really, really well. So um, off his foot, it had a chance. But yeah, you were right. The kids on the sideline, they were saying, "Hey, let's throw him out there." Um, I think he's. He's one of the guys in the locker room, and so he's a competitor, like I said, and he rose up at the right time for us. Yeah, and he really he he took it all with a lot of you know humility. I mean, he 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 loved the moment. They were carrying him off the field. I mean, he had a great time with it. But you know, in talking to him after that, he said, you know, that's that's kind of my job to go out there and make a field goal, and I thought I could make it, and I, I hit it good, and, and it was it was one of those days that probably wasn't all that cold, except that none of us were really used to the cold that that it you know the temperatures that it was that day. It was a little cool. But but if it's in the dead of winter, you think okay, it's a normal day. But that early, you know, as far as the winter goes, it just seemed like it was a lot colder. Off of that water too at Navy. Yeah, in Navy, you know, they had said all week going into it. It had been a few years since I had played there as a coach. And weather and wind was something that we were, you know, we had talked about. But heck, he he did it. Well, good for Owen, and there was no. Now we can see if we can repeat that a couple more times. Tim Dallas is our guest. He's joining us live from his office over at East Carolina. We'll take a commercial break right now. We'll come back. We'll continue on with Coach Dallas. We'll talk about his defensive ends, his outside linebackers, more about special teams. We'll also take your questions or comments on our Facebook Live page. I'll check that out for you and get those to Coach Dallas. Back with more on this Monday on the Brian Bailey Show right after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned, community-powered. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show on this Monday. Tim Dows, the special teams coordinator, defensive ends, and outside linebackers coach, joining from his office over on campus at East Carolina. Coach, how much special teams will we see this weekend as far as the spring game goes? Well, you'll see the specialists go out there, but uh, you won't get anything scheme-wise from us. We're going to go out there and kick and punt uh, and return the kicks and, punt, and punts and those things uh, on air as we go out there. So, you know, you see some field goal as those situations arise in the scrimmage. But we're going to get all our work in uh, you know, by the time we walk off the field on Friday. 
All right, Coach had said that it's going to be kind of an offense versus defense type deal. Um, and it's going to be one of those weird scoring situations where, you know, the defense will get, you know, points for stopping the offense on downs and, and that kind of thing. Kind of hard to keep up with, but he said there were some, uh, different, uh, depth situations with some of the positions. And that's why he didn't want to split them up in two different teams. Yeah, you know, and good luck to whoever has to keep track of that score. Yeah. Everybody watching that score on each sideline. Uh, but you know, as a coach and as a player, you know, who who got the better of who. Uh, the score is representation, and, you know, you could keep, you could go a couple different ways. You could minimize how you score the points for, you know, touchdowns and turnovers and things, or, or you could go as elaborate as you want. But you know, when you walk up the field on Saturday, like we had the last couple Saturdays, you know, how you individually performed, how your side of the ball performed, and, and where we'll be at uh, coming up there. But it'll be fun to keep score because, you know, there'll be a dinner on the line for Monday night and who's eating what and who's serving who. So the kids will be excited and we'll have fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Is it going to be steaks and beanie weenies again? What I heard this morning, what was it? I think it was some steak and shrimp on one side and beans and weenies on the other. There you go. The old beanie weenie deal. I asked somebody once, I said, Does it, is it, do they really make them eat beanie weenies? And they said, yeah, that's, that's, that's what happens. Do the coaches have to do the same thing? That's right. That's what it was said this morning in the staff and he coaches as well. And it just depends how you grew up, Brian. Beans and weenies wasn't a bad deal sometimes growing up. That's exa- I, I can remember John Dukes, the head football coach at Indian River High School when I was playing in 1979, and he said that the Western Branch boys were steak eaters. And he said, you boys are beanie weenie boys, and go out and beat the steak eaters. I'll never forget that speech. I think we lost by 30, but we, but we were fired up to start. There you go. When it was only showing up in our house if mom was out of town for something. So <laughs> That's right. There you go. Stick against the uh, Beanie Weeds. All right, talk about your room a little bit and, and some of the players that, that we'll see on Saturday that, that uh, in the defensive ends, the outside linebackers. When you guys – it's two different positions, but they're not really interchangeable, but do you always work together as far as meetings and that kind of thing? Yes. I, you know, we meet with those kids as a group that are not necessarily interchangeable because we – we have so many different moving moving parts uh, on our defense. Um, and our kids have done a good job um, adapting to different things and things we ask them to do. You know, at defensive end, I'm really, really fortunate that you're going to see the same faces uh, that you saw in the fall. I mean, really at the other position as well. But, you know, Manny Hickman and Chad Stevens uh, proved as the year went on and time went on last year. Uh, they're more than just reliable. They can make plays in the run and pass game. So I've been really pleased uh, with how they came through the season last year and um, – how they progressed on the field, but leadership-wise, work ethic-wise, they had really good winners with Big John in the weight room. Um, Manny Hickman's taken on more of a leadership role uh, within the room and on the side of the ball, really shows the way every single day uh, for a lot of kids in our room, old and young. So really, really a great kid to be around and, and a kid to watch for years to come as he moves on out of here to ECU. Chad Stevens uh, has moved to a couple different spots. He was at our rush outside linebacker spot this time last year. Uh, but big and strong and strong and becoming a more consistent player was something he knew he had to work on, and he's done that this spring. I think, you know, that position, those two uh, give us a lot of depth and experience that we can throw out there in the moment. won't be too big for him, you know, obviously this Saturday, but any any Saturday coming up next of all. So I like where we're at with those two, uh, those two young men at that spot. Um, our rush outside linebacker, you know, local guy Jeremy Lewis, and I just was reminded this morning, you know, we, we switched him to defense last year. Uh, when I uh, just, I guess, prior to my arrival, he only played five practices in the spring and really grew 
every single week throughout the season. And now you can really see on film things are making sense to him. He's one of the better uh, athletes on the football team, and he shows, he's showing it more and more uh, at a more consistent level. He's a guy that can make plays uh, and beat a one-on-one matchup and do some good things for us. So he's had a good spring. Got to keep that going. Uh, we were looking at some depth at that position and added Jack Powers, a transfer from Nevada. He's coming here and done exactly what we thought he would do, be able to contribute uh, on special teams, be a, a smart kid on and off the football field. He has made, I certainly believe from the moment he got here, he has played a big part in Jeremy Lewis becoming a better player uh, because Jack is going to be where he's supposed to be, play extremely hard, uh, and definitely come in there and give us the depth that we needed at that position. So so Xavier Smith could just be a full-time linebacker. And I think, you know, that, that Jack, uh, I don't think the value of him uh, can't be overstated in what he's brought to the program. When you look at, at, at what you have now and, and what's in the transfer portal, you know, I think coaches has said, I think, um, Donnie Kirkpatrick said last week, you guys have a coach that, that kind of goes through the transfer portal almost on a daily basis. But, but, you know, do, do you tell the guys, Hey, look, if you see somebody, blah, 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 you know, we want to at least, you know, take a look and that kind of thing. And, and, and how does all of that work with the transfer portal? Well, you know, you look at your recruiting needs and, 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 you know, scholarships available and all those things that, that coach has to, you know, you get to pay the big dollars to decide what's available and where the resources are going to go. And, and then from there, we do. We have, um, you know, a recruiting department will come by on a daily basis. They'll look at them, and if it's somebody worthwhile, um, they'll have us take a look at them as a position coach. And, you know, you start making phone calls to, to, to do your homework, you know. Hey, is this, is this a good young man, a good football player? Uh, but really, like, what are we getting? Because I think here in East Carolina, um, we've really come a long way from what I understand of, of the culture around here. And this is a, a great place to play. Uh, and if you want to be physical and you want to play football and are into discipline and doing things the right way, we need those type of kids. So let's make sure we get the right ones and do our homework, you know, ask the tough questions and get the right additions in here. Because I think, you know, the, this program is close to, to making some big strides. How difficult is it when you make those tough questions? Because, you know, most people, you know, don't want to be negative on somebody, but you have to have almost somebody that you can trust to give you the, the, the negative part. Where, where if you have, you know, just somebody you really don't know very well, so yeah, he, he's a good kid. Then, you know, you know somebody really, really well, you call him up and, and they say, hey, you know, stay away from this guy because he, you know, he's trouble. He's, he's, he's cancer in the locker room because that's a huge difference, isn't it? Well, it's, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, those are conversations. Do you know somebody on that staff of that program that is going to uh, shoot you straight? And, you know, and it goes over anything, right? Um, you know, if somebody has been good to you in the past and been honest uh, on their evaluations, and you you're fast to call those people back. And you know, uh, that that's the way it works. But no, you know, and there's different situations. Kids leave schools for different reasons. You know, maybe he just couldn't find it on the field, or wasn't the right fit for him. Or sometimes kids need to get closer to home. So you know. There's transferring at certain times is certainly the right answer for a lot of these young men. So it's been a good outlet for those kids. Uh, but you, like you said, you know, we've got to do our homework and get the right ones in here. And you got to like, you know, the players have to like coming to practice and coming into the meetings because it gets to be a grind. I mean, we all know the football season, you know, you only get those 12 special, you know, games. We call them Saturday. Sometimes they're on Friday or whatever, but that's basically what you get. You get a bowl game as a reward. Uh, but, but still it's so much much work that goes in, in, into all of that. And you've got to have guys that, that like being around one another, that, that like being around the coaches. And, and you know, it's kind of one of those tough love type 
things. I mean, it's not always going to be roses and, and, and wine. You're going to have to get on some people. But but you, you, you really have to trust somebody to find out exactly what's going on with that player. That that's right, you know, and you 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 you're right. I mean, Brian, it is. This is this is college athletics at a very high level. So, just like life, football is tough, you know. And we talk about it all the time in in each position room around here and in the team meetings. You know, I think the culture is right, and the kids really enjoy being around each other. When we do bring kids on campus, they can tell when they go in the locker room and their players' arms that, that these kids really really enjoy each other and enjoy being around the coaches, and we feel the same about them. And that doesn't mean it's hugs every day. But you know what? That that is life as well. And I know I'm I'm partial to football, but that's what makes it great. You know, football is tough, and and I found out in 43 years on this earth that so is life. So you keep pressing on and keep working, and you want those kids, those kids you win championships with, and those kids become good husbands and good fathers and leaders in the community. So I think we got that going on here. Yeah, and that's that's well said. And you think about football as a sport. I mean, it's one of those sports that you you have to have 11 guys on the same page to have success, and it only takes one guy to screw something up and then the, the whole play gets not and that's that's really why I think I love football the best because when everything's going well and there's a well oiled machine and you know but 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 it's just so difficult because as coach Steve Logan would always say, the other guys practice too. The other guys try hard too and that's one of the joys of football. Jeremy Lewis you know from South Central High School had a chance to watch him so many times. He was just a man amongst boys in high school. And when he got to East Carolina and and, and I've said this before he's one of those guys i was standing on the sideline with one of these kind of coaches looking at him one time and I, I said how do you guys know that that guy you know can put on the weight and, and you can see the future almost because he looked to me like he was a great athlete a man amongst boys but i didn't see how are you gonna get all that weight on him you know what are you gonna do with him then and they said look that guy can play if we get him it's going to be you know an, an incredible day for east carolina because he's he's a local kid we need him and he can play and he's proven that i was a little worried when he was at tight end because i thought he might get lost kind of in the shuffle and at the time it was one of those necessity things where East Carolina needed a tight end he was a great athlete you know he made so many great catches in high school but I was glad to see him get over to the defensive side of the football and I really think watching him last year he was really really good but I think he's just scratching the surface isn't he yeah he he, he really is he's done some things the last couple of Saturdays he said boy you know, he, he would have never done that the year before um He's taken the coaching. He's taken to what we're trying to get done. I'm, I'm proud of his growth. I know what he is athletically and the things he can do physically. Um, but he really he wants to be great. He, you know, he's taking coaching better, and he just gets better every day. So you know, he can't get enough reps. And, and, and you know, I just think the upside. And I'm glad coach made that decision before I got here. Made me a little bit smarter and better coach coaching a guy that can run like that. Yeah, he can. He can run like a deer and he can, he'll hit you in a heartbeat. And that's, uh, that's good for Blake Harrell and for Tim Douse in this pirate defense coming up. By the way, Blake Harrell scheduled to join us next week, uh, to do our post show on the spring football game. So, uh, be joining us for that next Monday right here at 12 noon. Tim Douse, the special teams coordinator, defensive ends, outside linebackers coach, our guest on this Monday. Who are some of the younger players that you have in your room, uh, the outside linebacker? situation and the defensive ends you know uh at the outside linebacker spot we moved a kid the last uh, fall eric doctor was playing linebacker and we moved him up to last scrimmage uh at the rush outside linebacker position and he kind of got spring ball in the fall or excuse me on the fly last year during the fall took a lot of reps during the season um to help jeremy get to game day and it was uh those those reps were very beneficial for eric playing a lot faster and now he's one of those guys 
as you can see, as we go to to make you know depth up on special teams, that he is going to be a leader uh, in our special teams units on nearly all all facets. And then uh, he's growing, growing more and more comfortable on the defensive side of the ball, and a guy that everyone in this program really enjoys being around. Hard worker, physical, tough kid. Uh, but Eric's done a nice job young early in his career, so I think he's somebody we can we can keep an eye on as we find the right spot for him on defense. He has proven uh, to be a very good special teams player for us. You know, at, at the defensive end position, the, the two Robinsons, Elijah and Josiah, they, they both know uh, that they need to grow and that availability is key. Uh, Elijah Robinson was got a, a freak injury during the uh, during the fall and missed a lot of time. He had that surgery on his hand and missed a lot of time because he needed that weight, really needed that. You're on the scout team to grow, and he's getting that right now. But he shows a skill set that he can that he can help us. So, uh, Josiah Robinson was a transfer we took last summer from Michigan State, and he um, is as good an athlete as we have on the defensive side of the football. Uh, but got to push through some injuries and become available. Uh, and I think he could really help us uh, if we get through those hurdles. But those are those are some depth guys we got, and then we're excited about the young guys coming in uh, this summer. How much will we see some of the, your starters on Saturday in the spring game? How much? How much? You know, will they? How many reps will they get? Oh, it's another day. You know, this is the great thing about about coaching here at ECU with Coach. I mean, our guys are going to play. You know, you're not going to be silly uh, and throw guys out there for 50 and 60 reps like maybe in a football game. But our goods are going to go for you know a good bit, just like we did this last Saturday. And I would I would guess without looking at the math that they were 30 to 35 plays. You know, uh, and made sure they had a good lather and got a good work day out of it. it it's not going to be a, a walkthrough for anybody. Tim Dow, special teams coordinator, defensive ends, outside linebackers coach, our guest. We're going to take one uh, final commercial break with Coach Dow, and we'll come back and wrap things up with him. Back with more on the Brian Bailey Show after this. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back to our show. Tim Dow, special teams coordinator, defensive ends, and outside linebackers coach. Our guest as we wrap things up with Coach Dow and get him out of here, get him set to uh, get the game plan ready for the spring football game. 12.30 kickoff coming up on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. The weather is expected to be awesome. Uh, the great pirate purple gold pigskin pick out party lots of barbecue coach Dallas, the big question for 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 you today though is is do you do you like the eastern style of barbecue have you you know grown accustomed to it i tell you sam jones is as good as anywhere you're going to find <laughs> you've got a point you know and parker's is a regular in this building so yeah uh no no my family is taking a liking to it it's been good so far so good and i'm anxious to see what this saturday is off yeah, you get a wide variety on on Saturday because all the uh, the pigs they come in and they uh, they cook them all night. They have the competition and then they kind of chop it all up, put it all together, and uh, it's really a good day. And you know the bands are usually out there and stuff, and just so much to do. In fact, with Pirate Fest this weekend, there's a whole crazy crazy stuff uh, to do coming up. But uh, you know when you look at the game itself, I know it's something that that you really want to concentrate on the one thing, and, and it's, it's kind of out of your hands. But you really just want to stay healthy. You want to get all these guys all the work you can, but you want to get them out of there healthy, don't you? Yeah, and that, that's the way everyone goes into every spring. And this Saturday will be no different than, than every other day out there. You know, you go out there, you go to work as hard as you can, and be smart with the you know the way we set up drills and the, the matchups we set up out there. But stay healthy, get a chance to you know again chance to watch the kids compete. You know, evaluate the personnel, evaluate your scheme a little bit, and see what everyone's going to do a little bit better. You know, headed into summer camp. But uh, yeah, we'll stay healthy. You know, and, and uh, let the kids run and do each other for about a hundred plays or so. 
uh, and then grow from there. Yeah, a special guest or two at the uh, last practice, the last scrimmage on Saturday. Robert Jones was in town. His son, Zay Jones, who has just signed that uh, nice contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a chance to talk to the team afterwards. How how good was that? How about that? I, I stand there and I'm listening. I look up and there their names are right next to each other at the stadium. That's, yeah. that's pretty that's pretty unique and special. and uh, says something about the, the Jones family. But really, you know, fortunate to have those people in the program that come back around and get back to these kids. Uh, and, and, and both of them, like so many people that come back and talk to kids across the country, just beg these kids to take advantage of the great opportunities in front of them. And everyone's really confident in the leadership we have here at ECU. And, and, and we can just get these kids every single day on a daily basis to take advantage of the opportunities and how far they can go. And ECU is a great place to do that. And Coach Houston was talking about the fact that, that, you know, Zay worked so hard, you know, when he was here, obviously, but, but he worked so hard in the pros and, you know, Derek Carr would just brag on, you know, he was always the first guy in the building, always the last guy to leave, you know, and, and all of that hard work, I think what it shows is, is that it pays off eventually. I mean, he, he wasn't, he wasn't having a Hall of Fame type career. Zay Jones wasn't with the Raiders, but he was trying to get, you know, get a chance here, get a chance there. And then when free agency opened up and he had several teams that were after him, Robert was telling me all about some different negotiations that were going on, and uh, not to give anything away, but he said he didn't want to play in the cold, so he ends up going down to Jacksonville, and he got a really nice deal there. But it's kind of like Exhibit A when you show the players that hey, hard work does pay off, and it's right there in front of you. Yeah, all the things you know that I spoke about earlier, right? Those those things pay off. These are they're football lessons, but they're life lessons, and I think we do as good a job here as anywhere in the country. Um, is talking to those kids about those things, that those things, you know, and Zay Jones, you said, well, he's not having a Hall of Fame career. Well, he's got a lot of, a lot ahead of him. And even if it were, you know, uh, to, to, to flatten out here, he's had a heck of a career. Yeah. And his, and his family's going to be taking care of him. When you listen to him speak, you say he got what he was supposed to get out of football. A very, very, very well represented young man speaks extremely well, really got our kids' attention. And you could tell that he learned the lessons he was supposed to as a football player. And he, he's going to be a great guy for, to be around for years and years and years for his family. The NCAA all-time receptions leader. And, and really, when you look at a guy like Zay, he helps out in recruiting almost every day. Because if you have a receiver, which I don't know if you guys can talk about it yet, but if you have a receiver out there that you're interested in, you know, through the transfer Porter or whatever, and they can see something like that. And even though it's not the same coaching staff as it was, it's still the same program. And we've had so many great wide receivers come through East Carolina University. That's a big plus. Yeah, we've had some great players through here. And then you show up at spring practice, and there he is standing there. So, uh, you know, I think it's great to see those guys back and still touching the program and, and again, continually saying how big of an impact their time here at ECU had on them. And Robert Jones, of course, I was, uh, he was playing when I was young. I was really at fifth or sixth year as far as my career goes and watching him play and that 91 team that was, you know, the best team in East Carolina Pirates football history. But, uh, and he's got three Super Bowl rings. How good is that? Pretty impressive, right? Ten-year career, three Super Bowl rings. I don't think that's a short list of those people. So, wow, pretty impressive. Still looks pretty like he could line up and still strike a couple people. Yeah, that's what that's what Coach Houston said. It looked like he could still suit up and play. All right, let's talk about the spring football game a little bit. What are some of the categories that the defense uh, will score points in? Can you, can you run down some of those? I know you guys don't have it official yet probably, but what are some of those? 
you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, you go to the matrix that you use after a football game, you know, uh, third down, you know, if we're stopping people on third down, we're going to win for that. You get rewarded even larger if you get somebody on a three and out or a turnover. You know, things that you would think are a big, big splash in a football game, you get more points for. Conversely, on offense, you know, if they get a first down, they get a point. Touchdown's a touchdown. Field goal's a field goal. Uh, so, you know, the, the big things that you would look at in a football game. So, you know, defensively, getting, getting stops. You know, if you get, if you get a tackle for a loss or for a sack, those are big points. So the same things you would look at in a football game, you know, let's not get too complicated with the scoring system, but certainly make sure we measure things up the right way and give each side of the ball a, a fair measure. See, you know, a, a make it a close game and, and see who, who comes out on top. All right, don't tell Donnie, but I think the defense is a four-point favorite. What do you think? Whoa, whoa, whoa. TK, if he hears that, I'm going to a few more things. To get to get Blake upset, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. I hope it goes that way. But at the end of the day, you know, I think if we can just add a few, you know, four more good practices out here this week, and I think we'll feel good about the growth going into into fall camp. Yeah, I said that because I had Donnie on last week, so he couldn't he couldn't refuse to go on with me. So I made the defense a four point favorite. All right, you got you got a couple of practices this week, and then obviously you've said the spring game is basically the last practice as far as that goes, and it will be you know a work day for East Carolina Pirate football. What are some of the things you know as the special teams coordinator and as the defensive ends outside linebackers coach that you want to accomplish in these next couple of practices leading into the spring game? You know, I want to make sure as we go through the, the field goal phase that our operation is clean with the new new snap, new hold, and then, you know, Owen being confident with the kick. Every time we send that field goal unit out there, it's points on the board. And I expect to see that this week. And, again, on Saturdays, they'll get the oper- opportunity as they come up in the game. Um, we, you know, and I like to see uh, some more security and depth in the, re- in the return unit, like who, who will be those guys back there with Keaton and uh, Josiah Hatfield and those type of people. But some more guys to step up and give some some depth back there. You know, as far as uh, kickoff and punt go, that you know, um, we are giving the other guys opportunity to challenge Owen with the kickoff spot, and they get a chance to do that. We'll give every unit a chance this week, and and same with punt. Luke has done a nice job this spring, uh, but we need to find another leg back there to to shore up our punt game going into uh, summer camp. Would you like to have a situation where you have a separate kicker just for kickoffs to kind of take the load off of Owen? You know, Coach and I are both open to that. I think um, as the season went on, there was a lot for first year for uh, for Owen. Um, Owen is steady, and we know who he is in the kickoff game. But we are certainly open to the opportunity of somebody coming in here uh, and booming the kickoffs for us. I think you back to the Marshall game when I think about Owen and the the onside kick, uh, and that was executed to perfection, wasn't it? Yeah, that was as big a play as we had in the season, right? That was a pivotal football game uh, for our team. Um, and there it was, you know, something we practiced. And he is good at these unique kicks. He's a competitor. And, you know, I give Melissa, okay, here's your specialty kicks for the week that, uh, you know, you got to be ready to use. If we use them, we don't, you don't use them a million times. But when it's time, it's very critical that, that we're successful. And that is one that I think Coach and I were very confident that we, we were going to have a chance um, and we were able to execute it. Do you have situations that, that, especially in the punting game, that you have, you know, you've seen something on film, you tell the punter, you tell maybe the, the, the blocker in front of him, uh, you know, if certain situations come up, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, if it's, I guess you can tell me what the situation would be. If it's fourth and less than six or five or something like that, do you have situations like that or is it all called from the sideline? Well, I can't give you every trade secret, but I know that Luke Larson is really locked into, you know, 
threats that could or come uh, could come after a punt. What is the situation in the game? What do they show on film? Are they going to keep contained or not? What are the responsibilities? He understands blocking schemes of our punt extremely well. Um, it just depends on your personnel and things, you know. Coach Houston would, would ultimately control whether things would have a green light or not. But we're always looking for opportunities if they give us something um, that makes sure, hey, we're sound. You know, and we always make sure that, that we make another team beat us and we don't make foolish mistakes. But if an uh, opportunity presented itself where somebody wasn't sound, I think that's universal across football. People will try to take advantage of it. And Donnie was talking about that last week, that they want to be better offensively on third down, but they were pretty good last year on fourth down, which is which is kind of a surprise, really, when you think about it. Well, but it, I think it changes things. You know, football has changed and all these analytics and things. If, um, as a defensive coach, if, if it's third and seven, you know, and you know they might go up four on fourth down, it really changes the way you play third down. If they had one down to get it or two downs to get it and they get half of it, now it's fourth and three or fourth and two or fourth and one. Um, an extra down to defend is a challenge. And boy, oh boy, when we hit our stride as a football program, there was no secret. It went right along with them converting fourth downs. That's really strange, the analytics of football and just the, you know, because uh, Donnie was saying last week there's a chart and it says if it's this and this, then you should go for it. And that's what the analytics say. And, you know, some coaches, you know, go straight by the book as far as just what they think in their heart. And some coaches go by the analytics. And I think, I think pirate fans overall like the fact that, that East Carolina will go for it on fourth down. And as you said, though, on defense, you know, that's got to be, you know, now you got to stop them again and that's got to be tough. Yeah, it's just a whole other category in how you look at an opponent. You're like, all right, you know, you just ten years ago you punted the ball. Well, not not anymore. Now we got to figure out as they get close to that fifty yard line, in what you know, what kind of team are they, and the personality of that that head coach on the other side. So. Keep your knees bent and ready to play, and that's what defenders do. So we're able to do that here. Wrapping things up with Tim Dallas. Coach, what do you guys do after the spring game? What's your schedule like as far as with the players, uh, vacations as far as what the coaches can do? I know you don't get a lot of time. I think you get a little time in July. And then, of course, you've got camps throughout the summer, and then you've got the uh, fall camp starting in August. Yeah, we'll start uh, penciling in our plans here. But, you know, we'll take a long look at the film on Monday, meet with the players next week. You know, talk about the spring and where we need to go from there at every position and have, you know, long talks, I'm sure, as a staff about, uh, you know, what our needs are and what we need to address and emphasize going into the summer. Uh, so we'll be in here in town one week and then st- uh, start making our calls and plans for spring recruiting, you know, recruiting uh, in this area in our region and getting into the high schools and getting kids over to campus. So now we can go out uh, in April and May and we can get people on our campus in June for camps. Uh, in, in official visits now, and that's what we'll do in June. June will be extremely busy and productive for us, just like it was last year. Uh, and then July, uh, the coaches catch their breath a little bit while the players are here and working their tails off with Big John, and that's a great time for growth uh, with, with Coach Big John in the weight room. So, you know, we got a busy few months ahead of us, and it's all building up to, to a great fall. And that working with Big John in those uh, those hot summer days in eastern North Carolina, because I'm telling you, it doesn't get much hotter anywhere else than eastern North Carolina, does it? No, it was a good challenge for those kids mentally and physically. They're coming ready to go. Tim Dallas, again, the special teams coordinator, defensive ends, outside linebackers coach, joining us to talk spring football. Coach Dallas, thanks so much. We always enjoy having you on the show. You're a great guy to uh, converse with as far as football goes. And looking forward to the spring game coming up on Saturday. All right, Brian. See you out there. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks so much, Tim Dows. Joining us here on the Brian Bailey Show. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the national championship game step tonight, Kansas and North Carolina. And we'll update the standings and the second chance with the Sweet 16. That's coming up as we wrap up this edition of the Brian Bailey Show right after this.
listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, working for our community, not for shareholders. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show as we uh, wrap things up. I want to thank uh, Tim Douse for joining us earlier. We're going to update the uh, standings in the second chance with the Sweet 16 contest and talk a little bit about second the North Carolina. There you go. With the Sweet 16. Talk a little bit about the North Carolina-Kansas matchup. Take you back to two weeks ago when we did this contest, and, and nobody, even though we're in the state of North Carolina, we had a couple of people pick North Carolina to make the Final Four, but nobody picked North Carolina to win the championship. In fact, I don't think anybody picked... Nobody picked North Carolina to make it to the championship game. So our standings, uh, our good friend, we had some guest pickers this year. Brian Medor got all four of the Final Four right. And I really thought he was going to run the table because he had Duke and Kansas to play in the championship game, and he had Duke to win it all. So he had a chance to actually run the table. No one has ever run the table in the second chance with the Sweet 16 contest. So uh, he was right on it, but he does have Kansas to make the finals, and he is our uh, – we're not going to crown him the champion yet, but I think he's going to win the championship. Clip Brock, by the way, and we'll bring him in, uh, got two of the Final Four right, and he has Kansas to win it all. So he's got a chance to pick up some extra points. So he's going to finish right up there, if, especially if Kansas wins uh, tonight against North Carolina. So congratulations on that pick. My original champion, Bailey. I had the Jayhawks to start. Every, every, time, every time I pick Kansas to win the national championship, or even to go far, they always let me down. So this is the, the year I did. The game I worried about was the second round, because that's when like Bill Self seems to lose, yeah. right? Early in the tournament. So they got by that one and have rolled ever since. And they had a story that came out that Bill Self told the guys that, hey, it's time for us to go win championships again. And right now they're on target to do that. Should have thought of that earlier. Yeah, exactly. 920 <laughs> tip-off for Kansas and North Carolina. Uh, Kansas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you think of that line? A uh, little high, I guess. I yeah. mean, I was telling you before the show, it's – and I guess you could say it's about any underseeded team at this point, but it's starting to feel like North Carolina might have that team of destiny yeah, feel. That's what it feels like. But uh, I, I do think Kansas is the better team, and uh, they've proven it all year, and hopefully they prove it tonight. Yeah, and you look at, at North Carolina. I mean, they were on the bubble, you know, not so long ago. There was talk that hey, Carolina's not going to get in the tournament, and they get in as an eight seed, and you know, starting out, you think. That's the one number you don't want to be. You want an 11 is better than an 8 because an 11 you're going to see a 3. You know, you're not going to have to play that number 1 seat. But they took care of business. They crushed Baylor until Baylor made that good comeback. But uh North Carolina, yeah, it just looks like that that they're just, you know, that the Duke game was really a well-played basketball game by both teams. It was one of those and you hate to say the cliche, you hate to see one team lose, but both teams played really really hard, really really well. But I tell you, man, when the game's on the line, old Caleb Love steps up and he'll drill one. You need a, a star to take you there, and he is blooming into that star in yeah. North Carolina. And you got somebody that you know, you know, you, you stick Armando Baycott out there, and he's going to get you 12, 14, 16, 20 rebounds. He's going to get you a bucket load of rebounds and probably scoring double figures. And you get that night in and night out. But you get those other guards, and uh, North Carolina has really, you know, shown that they can they can play. You got to. You got to think of Hubert Davis. And I think about this with, with Jeff Lebo on that staff. Jeff Lebo always said it's not how you play early on, it's how you play late. And give Lebo credit. He had East Carolina a couple of times playing, you know, the CIT championship, you know, a couple of times in the tournament. They won some games they probably weren't expected to. He's definitely so. had the most postseason, and I'm including conference tournament success. 
Yeah, you, his exactly. So, I mean, you know, you think about that and the X's and O's, and it's good to see uh, Creighton, you know, his, his son, they're, they're together at the Final Four in New Orleans and playing for a national championship tonight. But Kansas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And you think of Kansas, I've heard so many stories from Coach Joe Dooley about Bill Self and, and all the stories that he tells all the time. So you kind of think that we've got a connection on, on both sides, you know, two oh, yeah. former coaches at East Carolina who one's really close to Kansas and one One's obviously on the staff at North Carolina, so that'll be interesting. You can hear the game right here on Pirate Radio at 920 tip. Uh, North Carolina and the Kansas Jayhawks for college basketball's national championship. Don't forget the spring football game coming up this Saturday at 1230. It's going to be a little offense versus defense. I think the, the scoring deal will come out later on, and we'll have that for you later on this week. We want to see everybody at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, our last taste of football until August comes around when uh, fall camp opens for East Carolina's Pirates. But the 12.30 kickoff, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, lots to do this weekend. But uh, check out Pirate football, check out Pirate baseball. Congratulations to the Pirates. That game yesterday lasted a day and a half. I mean, that was crazy. I, I, I was counting the pitchers in my head. I thought it was at 12. I think it was at 11 was the final number for pitchers used in that game. But uh, congratulations to the Pirates. They take two out of three against Cincinnati to open up conference play. All right, that's our show for this Monday. Don't forget Blake Harrell, defensive coordinator of East Carolina, joins us next week. I want to thank Tim Dows for joining us this week, and we'll see you back here next week on The Brian Bailey Show. This has been The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Boston Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, Papa John's, Pepsi, Seared Chop House, Tap Tap and Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. Join us next week for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, right here on Pirate Radio.